0: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, February 12th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a bill allowing the auditor's office greater power to scrutinize Medicaid passes the Senate. And newly elected state retirees voice dissent over their inability to draw their retirement while serving in the House. Then, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, JSU alumni in the Capitol respond to the arrest and resignation of President Bynum. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi lawmakers debated more than an hour over a bill. That would allow the state auditor to examine the tax returns of people who receive federal benefits. Senate Bill 2257 allows the state auditor to examine the tax returns of Mississippians who receive federal benefits such as Medicaid, TANF, or food stamps. Chair of the Finance Committee, Republican Senator Josh Harkins of Flowood, authored the measure. He was met with questions and dissent on the Senate floor, including from Jackson Democrat David Blunt.
1: They rejected 98% of people who applied, and we're going to audit the 2%? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. We're not auditing Why don't we audit the 98% the to see that if they were improperly denied benefits by by an agency that we're, is We're not
2: auditing the 2% and, and the uh, over 700,000 people in Mississippi are on Medicaid, almost you know, close to a third of our population. Um, so no, I'm not talking
1: think, about TANF now. I'm not talking well, about Medicaid.
2: This doesn't, this doesn't address TANF. This addresses uh,
1: well. It addresses programs administered under the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services administers TANF.
2: Correct. But the program specifically that this is this bill is needed for is for a Medicaid audit. I'm not aware of any audit of TANF that the Well, I'm just reading what the bill asking. says.
1: I'm just reading what it says on line 117 and 118, and it says auditing benefits administered under the United States Department of Health and Human Services, and that includes TANF. And so for many of us, we're outraged that 98% of the people who applied were denied so people could be stealing money, and this bill would allow the auditing not of the 98%, but of the
2: 2%.
0: Harkins heard in the floor debate tells MPB's Desiree Fraser the auditor requested the measure to comply with federal guidelines.
2: Uh, this is a bill that was requested by the state auditor's office so what they can do now is they can go and audit those those programs but some of the programs they have all the information they need at the division of Medicaid but for adjusted gross income termination they're asking for the authority to go to the Department of Revenue where state tax returns are filed and use those to match up with the applications to make sure that they are qualified to be in that program.
3: There was a lot of pushback to this, um, a concern that it's not a mandate but it's a suggestion and that it's overreached by the auditor's office.
2: Well, that's not true. The, the, the Single Audit Act of 1984 was amended in 1996 to mandate these compliance supplements, so they are mandated by law
3: the ar- another argument was that uh, recipients on medicaid and in these individual programs receive uh, smaller amounts of money whereas the state should concentrate on going after contractors and vendors who are abusing the system using the department of human services as an example
2: yes there there is fraud uh, apparently on every level and I'm all for rooting out all of it, whether it's on the provider side, whether it's at the agency or whether it's on the recipient. Um, there's still tax dollars. I would argue and say that, you know, we should root out, uh, any waste or abuse wherever it it resides, whether it's with the recipients, whether it's with the providers or whether it's mismanagement within the agency.
3: Do you see a push, maybe not by the federal government, but by the state to have contractors and vendors really scrutinized more?
2: Uh, I think there'll probably be some bills that address that. Absolutely. I I, I talked to the Medicaid director and asked him if there was any uh, advantage to having the auditor's office assist in in any investigations with providers. And he said he was going to look into it and see what they could do. And so I'm all about anything that will help the division of Medicaid or any agency in the state uh, manage their resources better. It's an audit of the program. It's not auditing tax returns. It's not auditing individuals. They're not going to be visiting uh, they're not going to be dealing with individual recipients.
3: Where does the bill go from here?
2: Uh, it'll go to the house and uh, they'll take it up in committee and on the floor and if it passes it goes to the governor for signature and it'll be um, it'll be enacted from and after its passage uh, so when the governor signs it, it'll be law and then the, the auditor has to have this report filed by March 31st all the federal audits that are required uh, are due nine months after the fiscal year ends. So our fiscal year ends June 30th. Nine months later is March 31st.
0: Republican Josh Harkins is chair of the Senate Finance Committee. Democrat Senator John Horn of Jackson believes the bill places undue scrutiny on the poor. Here he is with our Desiree Frazier.
4: Well, first of all, I think the timing of the legislation was absolutely horrible. Uh, less than 24 hours after uh, p- persons, including the executive director of uh, former executive director of the, the Department of Human Services uh, and some of the top uh, fundies uh, of the, uh, the State uh, Department of Human Services, were arrested. We're seeing a bill come before us uh, that would allow the auditor to go after poor people to be able to audit the very, very poor. And research has already shown us that at the Department of Human Services. And at the uh, uh, Division of Medicaid, uh, the uh, recipients of the support are not the problem. They're not the ones who are cheating. They're not the ones who are stealing and embezzling. Uh, they are, are basically uh, being being uh, uh, stigmatized and castigated for being poor. And I don't think that that's fair to them. I think it's misguided uh, as well because we're going to spend all these resources and all of this effort to go after a problem that doesn't exist. This is a measure that the executive branch at the federal level is putting forth. It's, it's again uh, consistent with the Trump administration's attack on the poor.
3: This bill is likely to pass along party lines. What, what do you say about that?
4: Well, um, I'd say the honeymoon is over. Uh, you know, we, we've had a good first part of the session. Uh, There's been a lot of camaraderie and and talk of of, uh, working together on a lot of of common issues. I don't see this as as an opportunity where we're going to work together because philosophically uh, many of us are opposed to this action. We don't hear about any kind kind of um, uh, misdoings from the recipients of these benefits. It's always about the contractors. It's about uh, the providers. Uh, And sometimes it's about our state personnel.
0: Senator John Horn is a Democrat from Jackson. Coming up, newly elected state retirees voice dissent over their inability to draw their retirement while serving in the House. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
5: The contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Four PERS retirees were elected to House seats in the 2019 election. One has since resigned, and the other three are faced with a choice they did not anticipate when they ran for office. Despite an attorney general opinion and a revision in PERS regulations that would allow legislators to serve while collecting retirement, House Speaker Philip Gunn has blocked the path for those new lawmakers to serve and collect. He tells our Desiree Frazier the reason is simple.
6: Well, there's three reasons. One is, it's the law. The second reason is, it's the law. And the third reason is, it's the law. And it's been the law for 70 years. There's a procedure for changing the law, which I have encouraged them to to do. They filed a bill, and the committee soundly and roundly rejected it. It's been the law for 70 years. They are simply trying to circumvent the law. And that's the bottom line. They can be offer any other kind of excuse that they want but the bottom line is they have yet to explain how they propose to get around the law and that's that's it that's the bottom line it's that simple
3: would you be willing to change the law
6: they there have been bills filed for the last four years I counted about eight that have been filed to change the law including three or four this year that the committee took up last week and all of them have died The legislature is not willing to change the law. The public policy behind this is solid. It's good. It's in the best public interest for this to be the case. What they're trying to do is draw retirement and draw legislative pay. And we, the, the, the legislature for 70 years, has said that's not a good idea. So it's that simple. It's just the law.
0: Republicans Jerry Darnell of DeSoto County and Dale Gooden of Perry County are both retired educators who won House seats in November. They tell us they were surprised when they were faced with an unexpected choice as the session began in January. The first voice you hear is Republican House member Dale Gooden.
7: We, we had been talking to the speaker since probably August about this issue. Well, I think it was either the first day or second day, second day of session, that we got called in to the speaker's office. The four of us, basically, we were told you can serve if you want, but you're gonna to have to forego your retirement. So, so, so you can either resign with your retirement, or you can do without your retirement and and come serve.
0: Pers accepted the attorney general's opinion on this. Pers, it's not necessarily a law; it's more a policy. <laughs> More more
7: policy, yes,
0: ma'am. Okay, what is the law that uh, Speaker Gunn is referring to? How long has it been on the books? There's a
7: law out there that talks about that talks about where local elected officials can serve. They can continue to collect their retirement and collect 25 percent of what their high four was during their uh, stint that that they were employed. Okay. And basically, the law only has to be changed to add and legislators in the law. It's also considered a full time job, which I—that's what, what the law.
0: The, the legislator
7: legisl- is is considered a full time job. That's what the law says. We can't be considered part time, and we're required by law to take all of our all of our money, and, and so. What's about to happen is we're, our, our retirement benefits are going to be terminated. Uh, as a, long as you're a legislator. As long as I'm a legislator.
0: Then they'll pick up again. Then if, we'll pick up again. If you were to
7: retire. And you know. the thing that we also have to do is we have to pay this back. What we've received since January 7th. As a legislator? As a legislator, we, we have to pay that back because we're considered full-time and being paid full-time. So that's several thousand dollars that, that we've got to give back.
0: Jerry, would you have run for office had you known this was going to happen?
8: I would not have run for office if I knew that I couldn't draw my retirement. Uh, that was one of the reasons why I actually ran, because uh, to be able to, to – um, draw your draw your retirement but yet serve the people in my area there
0: all right my next question has to be what, what are you going to do jerry
8: well right now um currently i'm going to i'm going to complete this session uh for sure uh i'm going to reevaluate it probably sometime around may and uh, just to see where i am at that time i, I do want to serve the full time though but i'm just 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 going to reevaluate
0: so, it so you're not going to receive your retirement you'll get your
8: Legislative salary, right? I'll get my legislative salary, and I'll will not get my retirement. I'll have to pay back the, of course,
7: the last two months I have received from my retirement.
0: What are you going to do, Dale?
7: I'm definitely going to stay the term. I, I'm I'm going to stay now. If I left now, I think I would be doing my folks and and injustice because they wouldn't have anybody here. Perry County is a rural area. Uh, And I'm basically the only guy there, Perry Green in George County. And and I I just think it's it's not a good decision that was made. There's 110,000 PERS retirees, 110,000. So you're telling them as a class that they can't serve just because they're a PERS retiree? And just think of all the experience that, that that you're
0: saying, well, we don't want you here, and we don't need you here. And both of you, as we've discussed, have a long background, both of you in education, mm-hmm. and yet neither of you was selected to serve on the education committee. Correct. I know, Dale, that you are a big proponent for public schools. Same of you?
8: Yes, ma'am. A very, very, very big. Uh, um, okay. I'm a big, big supporter of public education. Yes.
0: Do you think that plays a part in Speaker Gunn's ruling? That you are both public school proponents,,
7: I think you would have to ask him that question, but uh it it, it appears so by the accident because you get two you you get two education folks that have thirty years and thirty years basically sixty years of experience in public right. education, and you don 't put them on the education committee. Uh, it was one of my first choices to be, and it in, was my first choice, and and Jerry too. And Jerry went and talked to him mm-hmm. and uh, about that. Um, what
0: did he say to you, Jerry?
7: He just said that a lot of people had asked to be on that committee, and uh, of course, uh, at that
8: time, I said, "Well, if, you know, if a spot comes open on that committee, I would love to be able to serve there."
0: Um, there was a vote in the Appropriations Committee last week, and the bills that were introduced that would allow you to serve and collect your retirement failed. Is there any other recourse? Do you see any other recourse for the two of you?
7: Well, uh, Speaker Gunn told us – he told us the law needs to be changed, and he uh, he kind of directed us to go put a law together to get it changed. And uh, and it probably – I think the term was used that, that it may not see the light of day or it may not get out of committee, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, it was put forth. It wasn't, we didn't know anything about that. They were going to bring it up, talk about it. Uh, we adjourned and they said they were going to meet right after that, didn't say why. And we got a text, us, well, they're talking about y'all's, y'all's bills. And there was a question asked, well, is it going to uh, cause a problem if all 174 people in the, in the Senate and the House start to collect their retirement? Well, no, it's not. And if you look at it, it's actually going to save the state money to do that, collecting their retirement and collecting 25 percent of their high four. Uh, and that's where we've kind of earned the moniker double dippers, I guess is where that comes from. Um, and I don't agree with that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a uh, proper term for what we want to do. What? I, all I want to do is serve and collect my retirement. What's so hard about that? Uh, and there's some extreme right folks in the Republican Party that doesn't agree with PERS retirement none whatsoever as a defined benefit retirement. They don't agree with that. Is it tough? Yes, it's tough. But you know, it's the people that are coming in behind me that I'm worried about. Right.
0: Dale Gooden represents District 105, Perry County, Greene County, George County. Jerry Darnell represents District 28. You're from DeSoto County, but what other counties are covered in that district?
8: Um, I, I just cover the south part of DeSoto County, okay. which, which is like the Hernanda
7: Love, Lewisburg, Cochram, Ingram Mills area.
0: All right. Very good. Well, I thank both you gentlemen for coming yes, in and, and laying this out for us.
7: Thank you, Ms. Karen. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, JSU alumni in the Capitol respond to the arrest and resignation of President Bynum. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
8: The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy, live blue. It's good to be blue.
5: I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. February is uh, Heart Health Month, particularly in women. So you may have seen the American Heart Association's campaign, Go Red for Women. Uh, They have a great website that I'd love for you to go to. Uh, if you're not a woman, that's okay. Hey, go. You've probably got some women in your life, whether that's a mother or a sister, uh, a wife, a daughter. Uh, GoRedForWomen.org is all about heart disease, cardiovascular disease, and its, um, its effects on women. Women are hit just as hard and are, are just as likely to be uh, affected by heart disease. About every 80 seconds, um, a woman dies of cardiovascular disease. Now, that term cardiovascular also includes stroke. So, it's heart attack and stroke are the two things that sort of encompass that. Every eighty seconds, um, about one in three women will be hit with that, and it's the number still the number one cause of death in women is cardiovascular disease. So, certainly, it is something that hits women uh, very hard, and you and a lot of times gets ignored as other things. So, uh, it's it's a little bit difficult sometimes to pin things down on cardiovascular disease just by the symptoms. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Grammy-winning producer, hit songwriter,
8: celebrated musician, and vocalist, trusted mentor. These are just a few of the ways country music's greatest describe Mississippi's Carl Jackson. Tune in for MPB's new documentary, Meet Carl Jackson, featuring Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, Emmylou Harris, Vince Gill, Marty Stewart, Tom T. Hall, and more, exclusively on MPB Television. Thursday, February 20th at 7, with Encores, Friday at 8, Saturday at 7, and Sunday at 4.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The arrest and resignation of Jackson State University President William Bynum has shocked the JSU community this week. Those effects have reached the Capitol, where a number of JSU alumni serve as state legislators. One is Democrat Senator Solly Norwood.
9: Jackson State University is bigger than the president of Jackson State University. And we have to, now it's time for all of the... The alumni to rally together for what is in the best interest of the university, because we have to go forward, and uh, we have to come through this stronger than we were before we got into this. You know, we've had uh, this is what in the last few years. This is this will be our second president, and my thought then, when Dr. Biden was chosen, that we needed to have taken our time to basically make uh, the wisest choice possible, because we really don't need to keep going through president after president. Let's take our time, make sure we get the right fit for Jackson State. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, you know, and now we're back uh, to square one, and, and I just trust that we would make a good choice for the university going forward. Now we have to, we have, to have someone that have to come in and, and basically repair some the image of the university uh, provide the assurances to the mothers and the fathers or that you know that send their children uh, to the university, and make sure that we're on the right track to, to be successful.
0: Alumnus John Horn tells our Desiree Frazier he hopes the university can come out of the situation stronger.
9: Very unfortunate uh,
4: for Dr. Bynum and, and certainly uh, unfortunate for Jackson State. Uh, my biggest hope is that we don't uh, wind up throwing the university under the bus just because of the personal behavior of its leader. Uh, I believe that that, um, uh, Jackson State will come out stronger uh, than ever, uh, but uh, we want to make sure that we focus on those students and the institution.
3: The university has had leadership issues recently in the past years. What do you think the problem is in being able to attract and retain the appropriate leadership?
4: Well, I think a more thorough search process needs to go on that, than it has, has happened in the past. Um, I think you probably need someone who has a lot of love and loyalty for that institution. Uh, when you see most other institutions in Mississippi, uh, they are, are, are led, and the search uh, involves going after and finding former alums of those institutions to come back and, and leave the institutions. Uh, we haven't had that at Jackson State for some time. I I would say probably since the the days of John Peoples, which takes us back 25, 30 years.
0: JSU alumnus John Horn. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio.
8: Support for MPB comes from Cooperative Energy. Local electric cooperatives work to improve communities by supporting programs ranging from education to economic development. More information at myelectriccooperative.com.
4: This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.